I'm Gemma Patterson, the Global Ambassador for the Balveni, and you're listening to the Balveni Stories series, a trip behind the scenes of the Balveni, meeting the people and exploring the places that helped shape these incredible whiskies. What I love most about my job is that my days are full of stories. Stories about how our whiskey is made, the people who've helped to make it, and the stories behind Balveni that really bring our whiskies to life. Over the last few months, I've been traveling across the world to meet with the people who helped to make the Balveni Stories series. In this episode, we're going to explore what roasted peanuts, the legend of the Green Lady, and the retirement poem have in common. Find out as we explore the story behind A Day of Dark Barley. This story begins at the heart of the distillery in our courtyard, which is surrounded by our maltings, our mash house, still house, and warehouse 24. It's absolutely pouring with rain right now. I'm sheltering in our distillery visitor centre, and I'm about to brave the weather to speak to Robbie Gormley and Brian Webster about a very specific day in the history of the Balveni. In July of 1992, Robbie and Brian were working at the distillery together when some unusual barley was delivered to the courtyard. Dark barley. Barley that had been over-roasted, it was dark and brittle. So we're here right in the middle of the courtyard at Balveni. This would be exactly where the barley's delivered normally, isn't it? Yes, it's just yes, where we stand here, yep. And uh, it goes down that hole there and over to the mash house. The, the day that barley came in, it wasn't in a lorry, it was in bogs. So in a day like this, it was a hurry to get the bogs inside. So you've been here more than 42 years, so it was really your responsibility to kind of take control of this barley when it was dumped on our doorstep? Yeah, it wasn't really my responsibility because I wasn't actually in the, the Moultons all that time, but I was in settling the team and to make a decision on what I was going to do about it and to control the thing and get inside before weather like this got the better of it. Yeah. It's quite physical work in the air, it's not just an easy job or the good like. I've seen people get in there and think, oh, I'll manage this, no problem. And within a week, you know, I don't know what to be here because it's too much, too, too much, much hard work. Oh, too much for, hard work. Too much hard. Too much hard work. Mm-hmm. But then in those days, Ruby, the boys weren't afraid of hard work like you and me. No, no, you used to you get stuck to, in there. We had to use our muscle power. Aye, aye. I remember a day when that barley came in. It just <laughs> took everybody in. I remember this is my surprise, and everybody was scuttling about. As so though you just stood in a nest of rats in your whole sky. <laughs> oh, no. You said it was That's panic one stations. Panic stations, yes. So we just, Robbie just went around and said, Here, lads, look, we've got a small that came in just now. And we said, Oh, well, it's the first we heard it was coming today. It was oh, it, Robbie. Oh, like I say, it was a day like this, we had to get it inside yeah. quick anyway. That's right. And this aye. is, I mean, this is miserable. It's pouring with rain on us aye. right now. Yeah, and the drips <laughs> are going down my back as well. <laughs> 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 well, we can go inside and see for a bit of it stored how it got there in the end. Yes, yes. Could be right. inside. Yeah. Let's do it. Rain. Let's go and have a look. <laughs> so now we're about to walk into a very special place for the Balveni, our maltings. Very few distilleries still have their own malt floor and the fact that we do means that we're able to experiment with our barley in a way that other distilleries just can't anymore. The Maltons is a humble two-storey building and this is really where whiskey making begins. The dry barley stored upstairs in the loft and in small batches of eight tonnes, we drop that barley into one of two steeping tanks to activate it. Once the barley's steeped, 
We then spread out over the ground floor and over the course of the next few days, it'll start to grow and germinate. Robbie's worked in this building for over 27 years, so he definitely knows a thing or two about how to get the most flavour out of this humble ingredient. Oh, smell it, smell. Oh, come on, it's smell it. smell it. It's so good. It's not an orange smell, sir. Touches, I think it's like bready, like sweet bready. Yes. Oh, I like yeast smell about it yeah. as well, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, we call this the Bovini Jim. Oh, that's right, right, the Bovini Jim. Right. There's no fat boys over here, there's no good <laughs> bellies or nothing like that. They're lean, mean, yeah. and they get done with the job. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you see broke out the sweat in here, mm-hmm. though. And I Middle suppose because the there's no climate control or anything in here, so it's all just natural temperature, so it's right, quite aye. cold in the winter, and then, I mean, I suppose it can get pretty hot in here the in summer. Mm-hmm. And can you tell just by picking up the barley with your hands aye. how it's getting on? Aye, just by looking at it, feeling it. The least I was saying here, what you're looking for is roots but no shoots. Roots but no shoots. Roots but no shoots. Well oh, Brian's just filled my hand with some wet, sodden barley here. That's the barley just out this deep sea. You can feel how wet it is and, and how soft it is because it's been soaking yep. wheat. Yeah. Brian, are so. you just running around carrying, <laughs> gathering up little piles of barley? I'm the uh, runner today. I guess like, we can look at it all the different stages now. So this is the barley that's just been steeped. Oh, ah, yeah, so straight out the steeps are soft. Wet and soft. A couple soft. of days old, you can start to see the root that's growing. Can you tell exactly how many days, Robbie, when you look at this? Well, that's probably about two days, I would okay. say. Coming up to the third day, maybe. You can feel it's a little bit you, drier. Aye. You can see the you can see the roots starting but to... But if you just split that seed, you would see the root growing now. up inside. That's yes. what we call aquaspire. It's growing up inside the seed. So that aquaspire, you want to stop before it gets to the start to shoot. And you know what really help. blows my mind is that every single little grain of barley, which must be millions upon millions of this building, alive. Yes, sir. So so every one of them is growing. Each seeds is alive. That's right. Aye. Organisms. So that's why when they're growing, they're growing, they're rubbing together and moving all the time. That's what creates its own, generates its own heat. It's like a little baby, really. A little baby, They're all your little babies, Robbie. All little Robbie's little babies are all growing. You can imagine the same current of barley upstairs. So come upstairs there and put it all in here, and it's going to space like this we had. And all these bogs lined up in rows, ready for when it was required. So, how long did it sit here, Brian? About a couple of weeks? A month? At least, at least about a month, anyway. Yeah, a month, anyway. It was July 1992. July 1992. When you it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've still got the old fashion records, Brian. Yeah, I saw With your signature I, and everything. I, I, I did have a look at that. Yes, I speak it to an archivist, Davy here. Really? Yes, I saw that. Yes, yes. Oh, well, you see, it just it took us all by surprise and it had to go somewhere and we mm-hmm. couldn't take it over there because all our bins were full, you see. Mm-hmm. So we had to wait until we used a, a empty the hem bin, empty right? hem bin and then put it into the hem bin and then just carry on mashing as normal. If it means with the hem bin is the barley going for here, or the malt going for here, of course, it's kept separate from the stuff that we buy in. So yes. we caught the hem bin, just yep. the hem 
not going to come. Hamas and home. Hamas and, and home. Yes. Uh, and we've got five bins over there. One bin for the ham bin and four bins for Bortmortage coming in. Yes. So we had to wait till that, it was empty. So we stopped those steep in to empty the kiln so we could yeah. get it across. So again, getting the bugs up the stairs into the kiln to put it across to the other side. So again, carrying all these bugs up into this flight of stairs, up into the kiln. Did you take a wee break in between? Oh, I'm sure they did. <laughs> I'm sure they, they did, did. definitely. Uh, yes, yes. Right. So then it was just across to Brian. Like I a quick look at it and I feel it in your hand. And it's quite brittle stuff and it's, you could really smell the roast in the sort. What did totally it smell different. like? It's like a, like roasted peanuts can really burnt. A, bur- like a, bur- a burnt, a burnt smell. Can it smell like? Aye. I often thought it was not how you, how you used to get burnt comments. Aye. It just Aye. smelled like that. No, when the kill wasn't doing its job properly. You got burnt. You get the floor underneath too hot or something happened to the pan. They were burning the kill, of course. The fact they're going across the road, but that kind of—I don't know—I don't know if like burnt Cummins, like but yeah. I got really, really right. strong burnt smell about it. Yes, uh, yes. Right yeah. on your hand, you deep up in your hand, you could almost crush your It's quite unusual to use that kind of barley in whiskey. Normally, that would be used for beer. That oh, yeah. cho- chocolate malt, they call it. Well, uh, this was a new thing at day. Yeah. It just caught us all off by hope, really, didn't it? Oh, well, I spoke about it before. It can when we got any yes. ideas that we could even try something Aye. different and somebody came up with this idea of the, the chocolate malt so we tried that and we tried the crystal malt as well yes. it was it wasn't a, was a block like that it was just the same type of feel to it but it wasn't but not a as heavy roasted it wasn't a heavy roasted it wasn't a burnt like that stuff no it's not the same idea you know that's what I really love about our floor maltings is that they're traditional and you know you're saying the conveyor belt and all the systems that we have here yeah. predate your career here so they're you know over the 60s and 50s but yet you're always trying new things you're always thinking outside the box and our Maltons here are kind of like a playground where yes. you get to experiment well, you can get the chance to do that sort of things aye can you lucky you say you're lucky you can do that maybe a lot of folk might say no no leave things traditional as it is that's it they've done that for years and years and years well, don't touch it but then come up with well, why not try this? Why not try it? Which is a good, good idea. That can just let you experiment with things that you wouldn't have normally see anywhere else. And I can imagine that keeps you passionate about your job. You're not just coming in doing the same thing day in day yeah. out. You're trying different yes. things. Trying right. something, something different. Trying something different all the time. And it gives you respect for the place as well. Can I say you get a passion for a job? Fair enough. You like your job. You come in here every day. You're passionate. You want to see the job done correctly. You want to see it done right. And you want a good result at the end of the day. You come to these experiments, well, why not this? Why not try this? And it doesn't upset you because you're trying something different. You're keen and you're wanting that to happen. And it must be, you know, it's so exciting now to think that that was back in 1992, that this day of dark barley when oh, that yes. malt arrived, and now we have a delicious Definitely. whiskey. Yes. Oh, I, like yes, yes. I never thought I'd see the day that we'd be in this and you and we standing here right speaking about it. We think, well, that's hot right to forget yes. it. Yes, 14 years ago, Martian, 27 years ago, Martian. Aye. It's uh, it's now that we're reaping the efforts of our work mm-hmm. that we did in those days. And I can you, I appreciate. I'm still waiting like for a you, drum Gemma, yet come with us to speak about it, it and get the chance to be involved in in this new. You, you know, we're so lucky to have you with all these stories mm-hmm. to be able to tell and share. It Is must it? make you feel proud. Oh it yes, oh, like I say, oh, you, you come with us. We're retired. Thinking we'll be here. 
you bother with the place again, and you come in and talk to us and get involved in this. It is, uh, it does make you feel proud, I must say. Yes, it does, mm. definitely. So we're sitting in the lounge at the Balvenie Visitor Centre. We're joined by David Stewart, MBE, and David Mayer, our distillery ambassador. Thank you for having us at your home, David Mayer. Imagine. Some people do think this is my home. I mean, I've been here that long. But I had, some, long? People, I had some visitors here and they said, do you live here? About a year ago, they thought this was my house. Where you live? Yeah, my bedroom's upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't actually live here. I don't live here. I was born here in Duffdown. Yes. And um, I live in Lossiemouth, not so far away. But you've had a few decades working here at the distillery. Mm -hmm. um, 29 years this year. So um, I've seen quite a few people and mm -hmm. spread the word about, about what we do and how we do it. And uh, proud to do that. Yeah. So we've got some great people who have been working here much longer than I have. Um, <coughs> nudge, many nudge more stories David to tell. Stewart. But, uh, you know, we have something like um, two and a half thousand people visiting Bovenny per year, which doesn't sound like a lot, um, but we prefer to look after small groups going around the distillery so that they can have a relaxed visit, ask as many questions as they like, photograph as much as they like. And it's, I think the formula seems to be working because we have recently been awarded the Icons of Whiskey Best Visitor Attraction of the Year mm -hmm. for this year, in fact. So we're really, really ecstatic about that. So we're very lucky that you know people really do enjoy the taste of Bovenny. And, um, and Bovenny hugely awarded in itself at the mm -hmm. various competitions that are held for for whiskey and spirits around the world so we can't proud. forget to mention David's MBE I mean there's no really higher reward than mm -hmm. being made a member of the British Empire by yeah. the Queen herself David it was mm. well that was a big surprise I was never expecting that mm. so that was in 2016 I went yeah. through to Holyrood Palace and and met the Queen just for a very short you know minute and, and she gave me this MBE medal so it was, yeah, it's a day I'll never forget. It's not every day you meet the, the Queen, is it? So. Yeah. Should we try a drop? We have two bottles okay, to try. So we're going to taste the Day of Dark Barley. So I'm incredibly excited to open this bottle. But we actually yes. have, which is very special, a bottle of the 14 Roasted Malt, David, which was the first samples of this that you would have looked at back in 2006. Yes. Back in 92, you know, we were looking at sort of finishing whiskey, which is obviously a lot quicker than, than doing something at the distillation stage. So we thought, well, why don't we bring in some dark barley, which is used to make dark beer Yes. in 92. And, and we'd, we brought in some heather as well, and we, we tiled them both. So we distilled maybe 50, 100 barrels of this whiskey back in 1992. Mm -hmm. And then the... the Brand team decided to, you know, 14 years later, why don't we bottle some of this? And this, so this is the roasted malt. So it's not, I mean, it's not made a massive difference to the whiskey. I mean, it's probably given us deeper, deeper notes, slightly more oaky notes to the whiskey. But so we obviously just spoke to Brian and Robbie, who took us around and 
talked about what it was like the day that horrible dreech day that the barley arrived. Right, you know, okay. it was just like dumped today. in the doorstep. Yeah, a bit like today. today yes. <laughs> dumped in the doorstep and they had to lug every single sack up the stairs into the malt loft Oof. one by one in the pouring rain. Oh, so right. thanks to their efforts, we now have this whiskey to be able to enjoy. But speaking to Robbie, he said he picked up the barley and he said it smelled almost like roasted peanuts. Yes. Um, yeah. And Brian talking about mashing it, he said it was very... Like almost thick black, like okay. treacle in the mash yes. tun. But the spirit, he said when you looked at it the did, spirit, it just made it a bit richer. Just a bit, little bit richer, just, okay. yeah, yeah, on the new spirit. And maybe this is slightly more oakier, but it's first of all bourbon barrels, so you've got, you've got, you would expect that to be a bit more oakier anyway. And, yeah. But it's still very much to the Balvenie style of, of whiskey. You know, it's still got, you know, very much the Balvenie yeah. character of whiskey. On that note, I think we need a dram We're now. Thirsty, aren't we? <laughs> David, could you do the honours and open this okay, bottle yeah, of roasted malt? Oops. I guess. Good. Oh, great sound! Yeah, lovely sound, isn't it? A lot it? of people love that sound. Mr. Mayor. Okay. I'm getting a sort of. It's weird. It's like a sort of caramelised orange peel smell. Mm, I feel a lot of fruitiness. Mm. You get yeah. You get you do get a lot of citrus, uh, maple syrup, brown sugar, all these sort of flavours. Mm. Something love you, all you these get. things. Vanilla, David. honey, all these flavours you get mm. from Balvenie, but just maybe Almost slightly richer than like maybe a sweet like marmalade. Yep, yep, yeah, there we go. Yeah. That's it. Sweet marmalade. I do mm. like marmalade. Citrus. Toasted marmalade. That's what this is almost yeah, like. There we go. Mm-hmm. There you go. Cheers. That's it. Cheers. 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 So we have a little sip. Yeah. You can try it without water and then maybe add a wee touch of water to it because mm. it's quite strong. Mm. Silky, smooth. Yeah, it's, just, it's a wee bit hot, but but actually it's very good. Yeah, it's 47.1, but it's mm. still quite smooth. and Amazingly. Yeah. You've got a lot of that richness and, and as you say, citrus, you know, orange marmalade, mm. brown sugar, maple mm. syrup, vanilla, honey... You know, oh, butterscotch, all these. Can I have a splash of water? Marmalade. Yep. Just not put much in, just. Whatever you think is right, David, I'll go with that. That's probably enough. Because yeah. you know they say you should never let uh, another man water your whiskey. Okay. But I would, of course, let David oh. Stewart. Okay, <laughs> okay, no, thank you. <laughs> so this is just open up it a little bit and just reveal some more of these oh, f- yeah. flavours. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That citrus orange marmalade is certainly quite evident in it. Yes. And maybe you get a slight oakiness, maybe, and that mm-hmm. maybe just comes from that dark dark barley and also from the first four bourbon barrels as well. But I'd love to hear from you, David, what would you recommend for people at home the perfect way to sample a whiskey? I mean, you've got your way that you're going to be drinking whiskey when you're in the sample room yes. professionally for work yeah. and then how you would like to enjoy a dram at yes. home in the best way that you enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, I generally like to add a little bit of water to, to, to my whiskey, generally. Maybe whiskey at this age would be much less water, maybe nothing at all. Maybe from the portwood, 21-year-old and older. Then maybe not much water or just a dash of water. But generally I'd like to add, if we're drinking a double wood, I would add a little bit of water to it. I might have two parts whiskey, one part water yeah. to double wood. And We're used to adding water in the sample room all the time to open up the whiskey to release the aroma. So you can actually taste more of the whiskey and more of the character of the whiskey by adding just a little dash of water to it. And it should be you know, still water, you know, you know, maybe bottled water, you know, very pure water. So it's not not changed. too high mineral content. No, so it's not changing the, mm-hmm. the character of the whiskey. 
We're going to try the 26th now, so the day of dark barley. So this is, you know, from the exact same distillation, obviously back in yes. 1992. <clears throat> And now 26 years That's on. It. So we, yeah, great so idea. Again, David, could you please do us the honours of okay. opening this beautiful bottle? To see how it's really changed. So this one is a little bit different. Yes, well, it's matured on for, what, another 12 years? Yeah, <clears throat> but it's also bottled and as a single it's cask It's also bottled as a single cask. Mm-hmm. This is very much like the single barrel range that we've got. So we decided yes. to bottle. Yeah, 47.8. So it's the same strength yeah. as our single barrels, the same strength as the 12, 15 and, and 25. This is great. Should we have a sip? I mean, we are biased. We do love our whiskey, but I yes. seriously do like this taste a lot. Mm. Well, because this is 26, it's a bit easier to, t- to drink okay. and or taste that, that, that high strength because it's obviously mm. smoother and, rounded and, and more rounded. So, But you get that just slightly fuller flavour, slightly mm. spicy, a little bit oaky maybe, and that's probably from the inference of the, of the dark barley. But you also, mm. because it's first world bourbon barrels, mm-hmm. you're getting that, oh, you're getting that lovely kind of vanilla, honey, sweetness and... I say all these notes of maple syrup, brown sugar, marzipan, butterscotch, mm-hmm. all these lovely flavours, citrus, citrus marmalade. Yeah. You talked about uh, are all are all in this whiskey. Yeah, I really like that. And, and it's not as cloying and sweet as the marmalade note that comes through with the fourteen. It's now I'd say a bit more rounded and balanced yes. with a bit more spice and mm-hmm. yeah. milk, like you said, yeah. coming through. I, uh, yes. I agree. And I also like the colour, you know, there's, there's, you know, other people think, oh, well, this, it's 26, it should be darker than this, well, but of course natural, it shouldn't be. natural colour. It's American oak, mature, oh, so American natural colour from, mm-hmm. from the barrel. And, and all that great flavour coming out from the oak. Yeah. Um, you want a touch of water, just a, you want to add just a dash of water yes, to it? Yes, please. So. Okay, then. It has an incredible mouthfeel, so it's nice and... Much. Nice and full-bodied on the palate. As you say, kind of less of the kind of citrus marmalade notes. And, yeah. But just that lovely, you know, rich, very much above any of this whiskey, to be fair, from a first world bourbon barrel, but just got that little bit more depth to it, probably from the, the use of the dark barley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to be putting my order in soon. <laughs> <laughs> I want one. What a treat and to there'll be, there'll be enjoy this There'll be a bottle, bottle for the malt master, I'm sure. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course, yes. Goes without saying, I would say, David. <laughs> well, cheers. Thank you both for sharing these whiskeys with us. Okay, you're welcome. Thank, Thank you. David. Thanks, Gemma. Thank you, Gemma. Thank you. Thank you. Back upstairs in the maltings, Robbie told us a bit more about how he got started at the Bovenny. We got jobs straight away. Come home or leave. And I was speaking to Don Ramsey from Cooperage, finishing in a few months' time. He says, Your name ended up the story Don, for Don a job. Don Ramsey was our head cooper. That's right. Aye. At the time, he was 50 years here. Aye. And he put my name forward here for a job. And I had the job before I even left the Navy. I came down for an interview. We explained I was still in the Navy. They said, That's all right, just come down and see us when you come out. And I got a job more or less the next day. And I suppose it was a really well respected job getting a job in the whiskey industry back then and it still is today. Still is today, yeah. Well, still is today, yes. yes. I started then, I started in the, in the warehouse. Well, I started in the still house at Point Frick, and I didn't like it much and the manager at the time, Duncan Stewart, he could see I wasn't very happy there. And he offered me a job in the warehouse so I ended up in the warehouse for 13 years. 
Nenak Tumata Shifts are here. 27 years in the bars. 27 years. Me and the bars were on shifts. I love the story, Robbie, about when you retired and Humpy, George Garrick, oh, George. who's one of our stillmen at Glenfiddich now. Um, but he used to work with you here in the Moultons. I love the story of what he gave you as retirement gift to you. Oh, well, I always say to me, Robbie, when you retire, I've got something for you. I said, how could he have something for me? That's a couple of years ago, yet. I've got something to get you when you retire. What on earth could it be? And when he came down, he presented me with this little note, and I looked at it and thought, God, you kept this note all these years. The wee note I wrote a night shift. I've been watering the steep and I forgot about it, and there's water came overflowing and onto the floor here. So I left a wee note for George and water overflowing in the steep, a bit of a mess, tidy it up and then burn this note when you're finished. And he didn't do it, did he? So he he kept this note, he, he, he framed it and presented it. <laughs> so I just say to him, so you never could if you were bloody tell, could you? <laughs> uh, so when you did your night shifts here, you'd be here alone at night, right? Right. I came, you're covering me, you're covering me this, the story about the haunting of the green lady. The green lady. The green lady, aye. She's quite so, a legend here, this green lady at home. Oh, I used to tell the story to all, all these visitors that come out to speak about the green oh, lady. She's a darling. She's she, a darling. Haunts the warehouse number 24 there, but yes. we sometimes think she's a wee nosy in here. And she, you can hear her footsteps when you're sitting down the stairs and you're rowing at night and the wind howling at you. It's as if somebody's walking about in the flare up here and you can maybe hear footsteps or somebody yes, shuffling about. Yes, you just you think yourself, is that somebody? creaking and going along, you said, yeah. that's uncommon, it's only me it's in here. Yeah. You still hear that? I know you up the stairs to see if there is somebody up here. <laughs> so it does give you a goosebump somebody. Yeah. Christ, is there somebody up there, is there any? Robbie's worked at the distillery for 42 years. 27 of those he spent in our maltings. Last year he retired and we gave him a memorable send-off. So Robbie, I suppose after 42 years it was quite an affair when you retired. Well, I wouldn't say it was an affair, but I didn't like a big fuss, so I just said, oh, well, we get together. The shift operators I work with, I mentioned we get together in here, just to say cheerio and the Abdi for a grandma. But instead of a speech, I came up with a wee poem that I wrote. Tried to write something out, and I thought, well, can I write about it? And I thought, well, I tell stories to visitors sometimes about the, the haunting of the Green Lady. I might try and put together a poem about that. So I come up with this little poem. So I'll just start to recite it for you. I was working a while with the radio on, singing along to a wheel kent song, throwing down my very last steep when I heard the sound of shuffling feet. Well, when I look it up, I couldn't believe it I was seeing. But I'm telling you now that I'm nailian. There, going bend the loft, was the green lady. And on her shoulder, the elusive malt monkey. Well, she could see she gave me quite a scare. And she slowly came forward and sat down in the stair. And the monkey flickered her boot and played with her hair. Then she started to speak, with her voice so low, that they go and turn off the radio. She said, oh, Robbie, we heard it was time for you to go. So I thought we'd just come down to say cheerio. You see, we've watched you all these years, throwing down steeps and pulling out flares, teaching others how to use a shield, for a while there even was a coin as wheel. We've heard you tell stories about us too, to loads of visitors and even to film crew. Ah, oh, well, it's no time for us to disappear, but we'll be back another year. 
and as they walked off down the loft, the monkey looked back for one last peek, and I carried on through and down the steep. But it's a night that lie was bide with me, my very last night shift at the Balvenie. That's it. Wow, that was good. You're quite a poet, Robbie. Well, that's a one-off, but that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very special you're reciting it for us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to it. <laughs> So that was the story of the people and the places that made A Day of Dark Barley. For me, the story is inseparable with the atmosphere and the spirit of the distillery. Over the course of this episode, we've heard what it really means to Robbie, Brian, David Mayer and David Stewart to play a part in the making of our whiskey. Robbie's poem really was something special and I have to say their passion for what they do really translates to a delicious whiskey. Thanks for listening and join us again for the next podcast in the Balvenie Stories series.